Howdy, everyone listening to this podcast, the podcast about the air to VC that is somehow being recorded in the United States. Total football. As always, and by as always, it is, again, Alex is out. He's on the injury list once again, but we are joined by me, Ben, and Neil Monroe. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing good. We can't see as always on this podcast. There's no always. No. No, and there's not an as always anymore as PSV has drawn twice recently. Oof. End of an era. Truly, the walls are crumbling down. The seventh and eighth wonders of the ancient world are, are crumbling to dust. The golden statue of Zeus is gone. All is lost. Ajax win games again. What the F. Yeah, and that's an impressive run of form. Of their last five, they've won three. Yeah. And that's something that you would hope to expect from Ajax, and I think their new guy has kind of turned them around a bit. Never would have thought at the start of the season, though. That would have been unimaginable. I recall I recall our, uh, our host, Neil, giving... Uh, Giving the former manager a lot of uh, <laughs> lot of <laughs> that's that is my that's my mo. Just to be clear, I, I hate to see people fired randomly. Uh, yeah, things weren't going well for sure, <laughs> but I was I was glad to see him get the time he did before the inevitable happened. Enough. So, so were we. So were we. Yeah. And uh, Alex and I were more than happy to let kind of flounder for a bit. <laughs> So while IX is running up back from where it was at the bottom at one point in time, Feyenoord and PSV are still fighting jointly at the top. PSV first, Feyenoord second, 10-point gap between them. Um, IX is at a, at a 35-point, while PSV is 56, and Feyenoord has 46. So with that aside, let's go ahead and talk about the top of the league right now. How do you think everything has gone for the top teams? PSV have been incredible. They've been the team of the season. They've exceeded all my expectations. I thought they would stumble at some point, and they didn't really. By the time they did finally draw a game against, was it Utrecht? Was that the first? Uh, Utrecht, away yeah. was the first draw. But by the time that happened, it was really kind of irrelevant, and you can't call it much of a blip. Um and likewise, Feyenoord have, have been a good contender, but they've also been faltering around the same time that PSV have. They looked a little weak in, yeah. recent, in recent weeks. But they are the two standout teams at the top of the league. Um, they've both been impressive in different ways, uh, but PSV, worthy, worthy leaders at this moment, and I'm sure worthy champions when the day comes. Yeah. Um, things have gone very well for PSV so far. May obviously exceeded all expectations. Didn't quite break the records that they wanted to, which is you know the big ones of most wins in a consecutive season. But I think the main thing is right now they are they have faltered a little bit, and I think part of that is due to Joey Veerman's injury and. Bosch is having a hard time trying to replace him there at the back. Um, not the back as in defense, but back of midfield where he kind of pulls the strings 
he's more of a deep lying playmaker than he is a you know a box to box. And from the stats that you've seen so far this season, he has been the midfielder with the most forward progression passes and the most, I think the most in the final third for any team in Europe. That includes the top five leagues of like La Liga, Premier League, Serie A, even the French League that we don't want to talk about all that much. Yeah, it's impressive, especially given his you know limited natural talent. Um, but he he does play. <laughs> does not. Was that really? Is that really a backhanded compliment? <laughs> if it if it's fed to you with a knuckle. But he 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 has he's played very well in in a role um, that's that they've kind of made for him there. He's kind of like their quarterback almost. He it's it reminds me a little of. Um, Shabby Alonso, mm-hmm. oh, lesser Shabby Alonso is a, is a good comparison. Yeah, um, but all roads lead through him, and uh, it's it's been incredibly effective for PSV all season. So yeah, they've they've missed him for sure, uh, especially yeah. at the weekend there. Um, yeah, and the game against Ajax, but he he's been one of well, it'd be hard to say he's been one of their standout performers because in spite of the stats you just kind of referenced there. There have been so many solid performers for PSV. Um, yeah. Incredible and, season for them. And yeah, that, that match against Ajax, I would say, while Ajax and PSV both had their chances, I would think PSV was a little wasteful with the ones yeah. that did have and really could have put the game to bed later on. They just didn't, and then they ran out of gas. I mean, it is the way it goes sometimes, and a draw to Ajax away last year would have been nice. But this year seems like a bit of a loss. Um, seems yeah. like a few points we really could have gotten on the board, um, keeping our distance between Feyenoord. That's definitely fair. There were there were chances there, but you you know you can't score four, five, six goals every single week. You know they're not superhuman. We but can were... if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Luke De Jong, he came close with it. There was a header he had that was like real close to making it two one. Yeah. Um, few kind of half chances here and there as well um yeah lozano had a had a 30 yard effort that curled just outside um how you said that both both teams the goals they did score i thought not so much about the finishes which were perfectly fine but the the assists uh for for ix you know it was an incredible outside of the boot pass that set Robbie free, and he ultimately teed mm-hmm. it up for Steven Berghaus and uh, <clears throat> for for PSV. I want to say was it Saibari that kind of flashed across? And yeah, it was Saibari from a. Uh, I can't remember who played the initial uh, inserted pass, and in. I but think it, that was Lozano to Saibari. But it was like a volleyed cross. It was it was yeah. nice. he didn't have a lot of space and no. it was it was perfect. Yeah. And Luke in typical Luke fashion, he somehow got it in. <laughs> um don't tell his wife that. <laughs> and made it look easy. Um yeah. I mean, all intents and purposes though, IX and PSV played a great game of the weekend. It was not by any means a lackluster game for the neutrals uh it was one of those one one draws where you did, things were just happening every minute 
yeah, I didn't watch it live and I knew the result, but when I watched it back, um, I watched the full match replay and it was still an exciting watch. It was a good game, a good advert for Dutch football, I would say. And uh, if I can throw a dig Alex's way in his absence, it was a little more entertaining than uh, some of Feyenoord's recent games and performances. Included. Yeah, Feyenoord seems to be struggling their way into draws and wins. And it's at this point, the question that I would pose to Alex, and I guess since you're the Alex stand in today, and I'll be the other Alex stand in for the today, um, how long do you think they can really go through with the injuries that they have and with everything going on with them? It just seems like they're they're picking up some points, but it's just piecemeal here and there. Yeah, it's also very, they're making hard work of, of the wins and, and draws that they do get. Um, it's difficult. They don't have a huge squad and they've had a number of injuries. They had a, we're talking before recording here, they had a couple more at the weekend there. The goalkeeper, Bilo, he's he's out. Hanko also injured. Um, <clears throat> they're, I was surprised they didn't do a bit more business in January. Maybe the league was already gone and they didn't find it worthwhile. It is a more difficult transfer window than than the summer is yeah <clears throat> but even you look at Twenta for example Twenta picked up Myron Boadu from uh from Monaco which is an excellent excellent signing he, it mm -hmm. never quite happened for him in France but he a couple of years ago he set the Eredivisie alight um, yeah so <clears throat> auto returning auto returning Eredivisie yeah uh, alums mm -hmm. yeah a number of them um but strange that Feyenoord didn't find it necessary to do a bit of that so a bit of a threadbare squad and you get to this time of the season and some of those aches and pains start to show and strains on the squad and uh they're they're not by any means in turmoil uh but it's they're going to be grinding out results and they'll have more points to drop i think um especially especially going into next season with jimenez looking like he's probably going to transfer out yeah yeah but they did uh <clears throat> they did pull off did pull off a win at the weekend it's worth mm -hmm. noting they did beat az 1-0 um it was a, a rebounded effort from a, a free kick that hit the post and um Viefer just kind of lashed it home and yeah that was in the first five minutes and then they didn't really do much else in the game i have to say as ed were pretty unlucky unlucky or or just like lacked um a kind of clinical belief maybe a little bit like psv it just didn't really happen in front of goal for them yeah, um, <clears throat> but a, a good win for Feyenoord, and then today in the in the Dutch Cup, they they pulled off a two 0 win over Azed. So, you know, reasons to be cheerful for Feyenoord, but not a yeah. huge amount to play for for the rest of the season, maybe. I'm a little miffed, especially about the cup ties, especially since. Um, PSV's loss to Feyenoord was due largely in part to a comedy of refereeing errors, <laughs> which is unusual to say about the Eredivisie. I, usually we see some pretty well-refereed games, but um, if there was a version of a refereeing howler, that was that match. Um, yeah. Multiple multiple like questionable penalties not given, and then one very clear red card slash penalty not given. Um, off a off a clear chance for I think it was Noah Long who was taken down by Reefer of all people. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just it was a difficult and frustrating match to watch, especially considering the match that 
they played before away to Feyenoord was such an entertaining mm-hmm. kind of blockbuster match. And yeah. this one just felt kind of soulless and just felt like it was marred by by terrible calls and play that just didn't really feel up to the Eredivisie's level. I do remember you and Alex talking about it. I did not watch that cup game. Uh, the <clears throat> do, do you think the players were as up for it? Do you Did you notice that they gave more or less compared with Eredivisie? It, did, it definitely felt like that PSV was didn't feel as up for it. And Feyenoord felt about the same. It just seemed like one of those ties that went in Feyenoord's favor just due to the number of chances that kind of went their way. But, um, I mean, it was only a 1-0. So um, most of the time when it comes to matches like this, you know, I'll be the I'll be the first to yell during the game and call foul and say, oh, refs are cheating. This, that, never. That. You, Ben, Never. But then after the game, I kind of refocus and I look at it and I'm like, all right, well, you know, they should have taken their chances here and here. They have nothing but themselves to blame. This is one of the few matches where I was like, well, this one was a little bad for both teams in particular. Like, yeah. I can see that Feyenoord went through, but I feel I felt miffed that PSV didn't get the chance to really come back into the game because their play was stagnated by terrible calls from the referee. Yeah, and it's worth noting that that does that happens, and it's always really frustrating. We're we're we've been a little bit spoiled, and we were surprised very quickly uh, by the high standard of of officiating in the oh. RBC. Um But that doesn't mean it's perfect. Um, and I I think the more we've been watching, the more you do start to see the games where like, huh, this guy, <laughs> this guy's not <laughs> yeah. on it today. Yeah, hmm. yeah. And especially considering the the quality of refereeing around Europe right now is so dreadful. Mm. Um, like La Liga is leading the way in terrible officiating for not just Bar- my favorite Barcelona, but Madrid for Atletico mm. Madrid and a few other teams like Girona and stuff like that. They're that really struggling just because referees are just not up to par. Um, yeah. Barcelona appealed uh, a second yellow that was given to Victor Roque. Or I think it's Vitor Roque, but I mean, it's he's Portuguese. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Um, because the first foul wasn't really a foul, and the second foul was also not really a foul, and in fact should have been at least a yellow, possibly a red for the other player. Um, but, you know, I think the referees are kind of in, or whatever association they're a part of, are kind of in circle the wagons mode and mm. so they're just saying f you to, <laughs> to everyone in particular it, it definitely and, seems that way <laughs> and especially too since the league is under so much pressure because they're just run so terribly i mean i think the worst one in particular for me um obviously other than the racism which is just freaking everywhere i mean it's it's ludicrous that in this day and age mm-hmm. that these punishments aren't being metered out in a in a more substantial fashion i mean that aside and the multi like the layered levels of banning that needs to happen with racism was that jude bellingham apparently called mason green mason greenwood uh a the r word <laughs> um yeah which 
unfortunately made me like Jude Billingham a lot more. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Um, the, the first time I've ever liked him. Yeah. And but that's where we draw the line. You were that's where I draw the line for now. Unless he you again were, calls him another <laughs> calls him a rapist in like a press conference or something. Oh, but that's that's where the referees draw the line is yeah, exactly. Oh. And but yeah, La Liga is like doing an investigation into that if Jude Bellingham actually called him a rapist. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. The guy who is a known rapist, uh, <laughs> the audio is pretty freaking telling. And you're just going to say, you know what? You know what? The monkey chance. I don't know. We didn't, we're not yeah. really going to do anything about that. But we don't want to get involved. Like, the rapist, we got to back him up, man. Like, <laughs> what what look is that for the league? I'm glad the Eredivisie doesn't have something as incompetent and as prejudicial, racist, old. I no. don't know. Although I did, I did think it was wild that, well, they have to do something. But, you know, Stephen Berghaus having you know, multiple game bans for defending his teammate, Brian Robbie from racist abuse at the tail end of last season. That's true. Okay, you maybe you can't be assaulting fans. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to come down too hard on, on that side because, you know, I, I was, I was know, with him on that one. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty in the camp of, uh, not sometimes, but um, Nazis should always be punched. Yeah. And that should include racists too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, officiating overall not bad in the area of VC could sometimes be better. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I even thought of the weekend there, I wouldn't like to say it's the reason for for the defeat, but Heraclius took on uh NEC Nijmegen away from home, mm -hmm. uh, took lead early in the game, and NEC were kind of trying to come back but were huffing and puffing and were not blowing the house down at all. Uh, <clears throat> there were some questionable decisions in the game, including when Heraclius took the lead, to be fair. Very early on in the build-up, there could have been a foul. Um, but it wasn't called, and Heraclius got the goal. Uh, and then later on, there was a clear foul on the Heraclius player. Um, and then NEC got a very soft penalty like five seconds later. Uh, mm. And that would, made it one all, and from there... It was just all NEC, and they, they went on and got a 3-1 victory. But that seemed like a pretty decisive moment, that the penalty to bring it back to one all. Um, yeah. And they just kind of capitulated from there. So, you know, being very biased as a big, big Heraclius fan, I was calling for that referee's head. But as you I, should. <clears throat> again, you know, that's every single league and, and every single person that doesn't want to see their team lose. We can cling to these these moments. Um, overall, though, I'm usually pretty impressed. Yeah, and and similarly, I am also usually impressed, even with the lower league, um, not the lower league, but the lower in the league mm -hmm. matchups between teams that are like on the bottom half of the of the table. Usually, have pretty good refereeing. I mean, mm -hmm. it's very rare that I'll find a referee. That I'm like, oh, that's uh, that guy did a really bad job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been good so far of the matches I've been able to watch and of the ones I've seen. Just it looks like it's pretty even across the board, yeah. and I don't see which is you know apparent in most leagues that players will surround referees. It's not as common mm. in this league. Um, yeah, it's that is also likely due to the refereeing not being nearly as egregious. Mm. Um, 
but at the same time, like there's not as much whining in the league as I thought there would be from some of the, you know, clientele. Uh, Herving Lozano. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe he. Maybe it's like maybe it's like a small child. They know which boundaries they can push, and yeah. maybe, maybe he can. He thinks I can get away with this in Italy. Maybe not in the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, but um, we'll go ahead and move into make that a little bit of a transition into the other three teams that we cover right now, and that while we're talking about that, we can talk about kind of the bottom half and the middle of the table. So of the three teams, we'll go ahead and start from yours. Heracles, unfortunately sitting at 15th place mm-hmm. with 19 points, uh, three losses in their last five games, one win, one draw. Um, Almir is sitting at 12th, um, three wins, one loss, one draw in their past five games. They have 23 points. And then Peck Zoll, is sitting uh, at eighth place with 26 points, two wins, three draws in their last five. Wild. It is a your wild. Top of, <laughs> your, your top of both piles, Ben. It is a wild time to be a, a P insert thing here fan. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing well. They're there on merit. A great win at the weekend as well, um, which was, yeah. I would not have predicted that. No, I, I in fact predicted that they would either draw or lose to Sparta Rotterdam. I did not think that they would be able to pull off a 2-0 away victory. That's I was very impressed by that. And Vanderberg scored. I didn't see the highlights, but I can only yeah, assume. I'm sure it be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how are you feeling about that Peck team? Honestly, they're looking great. I mean, they're playing way above their station, and... I mean, considering their last games, they're like they're drawing and they're winning some like important matches. I mean, things are going really well for them. And then, then those draws that we that we're looking at on the board, some of them are of them like leading and then like suddenly out of nowhere just like giving up a goal at the end or something like that. Or they come back and they make it a draw. They're they're showing some resiliency. And for them to be at 26 points which is, again, 30 points off the top, which is, you know, a huge substantial margin that they will unfortunately never catch. Ah. Um, but to be in eighth place in the air to VC with 20 matches played, that's significant. That's great progress for this squad. And if they can shore up some positions next year, they're looking great. Yeah. And I think it would be safe to say they are safe this season. They're you know, they're not going back down. They're they're sitting sitting nicely. That's uh, yeah. Talk it is game. it would be easy to slip, but I mean with 26 points in the very in the bottom being 15 points now with Walwike. Um and Walwike's is a playoff I think or something, right? To yeah. to stay yeah. up. Um yeah, because Volendam and Vitesse look woeful right now and they, they do but they're almost being joined right now by heraclus sad to say it's yeah. been a real <clears throat> real downturn uh what do you think's going on with Her- heraclus right now well they had a pretty bad run of form towards the end of of last year they <clears throat> they had a little resurgence and they they walloped uh almir <laughs> take that alex uh, I, think, <laughs> I, I forget if it was five nil or something i think it was five now because i think there were three mm-hmm. weeks that 
one of the three of our bottom league teams walloped people five to zero. Yeah, because Almir uh, did it to was it Vitesse or Volendam or yeah, I think so. It was, this is one of those teams that they also like. I yeah. think I think Heracles started off the chain, mm. and then. Almir did it the next week, and then Peck did it the next week, or something like that. I, yeah, I remember was... there were multiple 5-0 rubbings <laughs> by, by our teams, and we were just like, what is going on? <laughs> Are they all taking turns? Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a nice moment, a nice little throwback to a happier time at the club. But they lost a couple games after that, and I was kind of surprised, but they fired the coach, John Lammers, uh, right before the winter break, and I didn't yeah. – I often don't think a coach deserves to be fired, as we referenced earlier on. But this is, you know, this is Heraclius. They've come from the division below. Uh, they've had some good wins this season. And I think he had more than enough right to continue into the second half of the season. Um, but the board obviously felt differently. I, um, I, do, I do agree with you on that point, that if you're a manager that's a promoted team's manager, like you're, you were the manager that led them to the promotion, you yeah. should at least get a year's worth of time yeah. to try to figure things out. In this <clears throat> and he was not in the relegation zone either. They were, I forget, but they were they were practically mid-table. I remember you guys were at least in like 12th or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was, it was round about there. And again, those teams all had, you know, one, two, three points separating them from that kind of like eighth to... I mean, that's kind of like that now between, between Peck and Heracles right now, there's seven points. That's yeah. it's two wins mm-hmm. and a draw. But, you know, life goes on. Uh, they have a new coach now. Uh, I think it's Edwin Van Louis. Uh, it might not be pronounced that way. L-O-O-I, I want to say. Um, <clears throat> That's so Dutch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and he's only had a few games, and it's been kind of some mixed results. I think he has maybe like a win, draw, and loss, uh, or two losses now because they lost at the weekend to... Uh, NEC. They also lost to Ajax um, last week. Uh, that was yeah. a, a spirited performance against Ajax, though, I have to say. They got a couple of goals. It was 4-2 in the end. Um, one big thing for the second half of the season for Heracles is Jez Hornkamp, our beloved Jez Hornkamp. No. With a wonderful name to insert into puns. Um, <clears throat> he, he came back right at the start of the year and he's I think he might have scored in every game. Since wow. he's been back, he's been in good form. Uh, he's a very good striker. Scored at the weekend, um, so hopefully he can get some goals and keep them up. But they are really leaking goals uh, in defence. Um, they yeah. have to sort that out. Really have to sort that out. So I had high hopes for them. I thought they could sit somewhere around mid table, but it looks like it's going to be a relegation dogfight for Heracles now, um, and they have. They have some games coming up where they have to get some points on the board. They're playing uh, bottom place Vitesse um, this weekend. And they have games coming up after that against PSV, which you're not guaranteed many points there. And then and then Utrecht after that, um, who have been a little bit more resurgent recently. So um, time to get some points on the board for Heracles. Well, the test will be a good way to kind of show that it wants to get off the bottom four. So mm-hmm. hopefully they can get some points there. I'd, I'd like for all three of our teams to at least stay up in the next season. It would be nice, but it would also be, you know, somewhat funny if if it didn't happen for Heracles because I've been such a big uh, supporter of theirs this season and I've, I've always 
you know, predicted them to win games and spoke about their ability to score goals. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and you know, I we both don't know that too much about Almir. I know, yeah, Alex has been Alex is usually the person on this, but they're sitting twelfth. That's that's relatively good, all things considered, for a promoted side. It's great because they're such a small club, and I think we all thought I think we all thought they were going to finish in dead last. They were bottom place for three weeks at one point, two to yeah. three weeks. Oh, for sure, definitely, definitely. They 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 lost all of their first number of games, um, but they're they're doing really. They've 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 found some form. Uh, they yeah. found a way to play. They found a way to get points. They got three points again at the weekend against Excelsior, I want to say. Um, yeah, I think it was. It was the early game. It was the Friday game, I think. Yeah, they two to one over Excelsior. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's that's a really solid win. And now I think that helped send Excelsior down the table a little bit. And, yeah. You know, Almir loving life in the Eredivisie, uh, you know, potentially <laughs> going to be there season over season. It's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing pretty well, and hopefully they can continue their good run of form. But But some of these other smaller teams, or some of the teams that have been down lower in the table, you know, a team like Vitesse, it's it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't just find some form somewhere, um, given where they finished in previous years. Um, A bit like Utrecht, we've condemned them an awful lot this year because they've been absolutely awful. Uh, But I was looking... At the weekend, I thought, okay, they've they've gone a few games where they've got some points. They've got like a win here, a couple of draws there, uh, but their their successful upturn has gone a little bit longer than I'd even realized. Would you like to hazard guess as to when they lost their last Eredivisie game? I want to say November. It was the sixth of October. Wow! They're undefeated in thirteen games. Isn't that surprising? That is very surprising. Yeah, a uh, lot. I mean, their early run of form really surprised us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really bad. Um, they do have a lot of draws in there, but that's you know, that's not to be sniffed at because they've played, they've played all the you know all the big teams during that during that spell and had a couple of decent wins. Um, yeah, including a <laughs> including a win over Ajax before they really turned that corner as well um but yeah utrecht they're now they're now sitting kind of mid-table themselves and uh have kind of pulled out of their slump um, so good for them for turning around hmm. yeah i would i would agree i mean considering how much crap we were talking about them early on in the season we were <laughs> like mm, they're looking like re- relegation fodder they deserved it though they were awful yeah true yeah they were awful to watch too it's not like they were playing football no absolutely not there was really nothing there was nothing to be nothing to cheer for there uh just straight up bad (laughs) (laughs) well uh i mean i think though of the teams that are now bottom of the table i think the one i'm most surprised by is vitesse um not surprised at all by volendam and wallike i know have have been perennially pretty awful but Vitesse has been looking absolutely terrible yeah it's again like I say you kind of wait whenever it's a big name 
an any league you're you're waiting for them to turn it around but quite often that doesn't happen there's the whole too big to go down thing you know yeah. it's not true especially it's not like this is a top top three four side anyway um mm -hmm. but really really disappointing really underwhelming there <clears throat> there are so many capable players on the books there um and they're I don't know much about the finances, but I imagine if you were to compare the wage bill at Vitesa to the wage bill at Almir, Heraclius, or Peck, you know, it would absolutely dwarf them. So, uh, really, really disappointing season for them. I'm actually Googling it right now to try to see if we could actually find the payrolls. Yeah, so let's. So, Volendam has the least. Um, it's not surprising. Not, not surprising from where from where they are. They're not very good, and also, <laughs> and also, uh, from not being such a such a tool about it, they have a lot of young players in the in the Volendam side as well. Peck is uh, mid table. Mm. Um, I think is H E A Heracles. Is it kind of looks like yes, this? yeah, Heracles. Album. They're third, third least. So mm -hmm. basically, it goes Heracles third least, Almir fourth least, mm -hmm. and then Peck is kind of mid on the thing. Utrecht actually has the fifth largest wage bill. Oh, so, that's... so they were looking, and, but Vitesse has the sixth largest. <laughs> well, that's that's wild, um, <clears throat> you know. I would say it just goes to show you can't buy success, but then I remember about a club called Manchester City, so maybe you can. Which are trying to buy their way out of trouble with the lawyers. How many counts is it? 113? Something like that? Well, it's all Everton's fault, that's all I can say. Yeah. You know, I love that Everton was like, was like, we'll be awaiting the, the uh, Man City case with great interest. <laughs> Speaking of blood money, Jordan Henderson. Uh, I know you're obligated to cheer for him now, but I will not because he is, sucks. I don't like him anymore. Um, and that don't like him anymore was immediately when he decided to move to Saudi Arabia. I wish I could jump on that bandwagon, but <clears throat> being A, English, and B, an extremely dull footballer, I've never been a particularly big fan of him. Uh, <clears throat> But when I separate that from just, you know, rooting for Ajax, I can say that this was a good move for both sides. Yeah. I think it helps him stay relevant and, and you know, play, play in a league that has some kind of history, uh, some historic clubs, uh, you know, European competition access, um, the potential in future years, certainly not this year, but the potential to maybe win a couple of trophies as well. Um, and for Ajax, it is like an experienced head, somebody that's been around the block and, <clears throat> and done, and who will Which do they it. They actually needed, considering yeah. the youth on their team. Yeah, and do a lot of the kind of dirty work um, and, and be a bit of a water carrier. They, they need someone like that. It's not all Hollywood passes and mazy runs. So, <clears throat> uh, no, he's never been that kind of, he's been a workhorse footballer and, um, it's rare that he'll show up on the highlight reel, mm -hmm. but he put, he, before he went to Saudi Arabia, he would just put in his shift and kind of like a Milner type, you know, just yeah. 
Yeah, and I think I that's mean, if he if he showed up on a highlight reel, it would be him getting nutmegged, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alex is you know rolling in his grave somewhere. These these disses of his. I don't think Alex really cares that much anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> but but the yeah. you know the the olden days, the olden days with Milner and Hendo, I'm sure those yeah. remain close to his heart. Um, but made his debut at the weekend and uh, seemed to slot in quite well to that Ajax midfield. And uh, they're looking like a changed side under Van Chip. Um, they're yeah. they're still fragile, but they've been much much improved. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of players are showing a bit more. <clears throat> leadership and honestly just just all around playing playing better i'm not sure exactly what he's done maybe he's simplified things you know maybe he's just got them back to the basics of playing football um as they know as they've always trained uh yeah and they've looked like a better side um <clears throat> i there's been some some players i think it'd be fair to say that steven bergwine is, is someone for example who's had a poor season he's if you look at his goals and assists, they're both really low for the year. Um, Steven Berghouse hasn't fared much better. Uh, Brian Brobby is the one guy, and I, I did listen. I listened to yourself and Alex uh, when mm -hmm. I was when I was out, and I think you both highlighted him as somebody that's never really he's never shrunk, he's never hidden. He has been a leader all season for Ajax, and for all yeah. the you know for all the the knocks he gets. Uh, including for myself, because I'll always say that he's not a natural finisher at all. Um, he's he's been Ajax's best player and their best leader all season. And again, at the weekend against PSV, I think he you know he gave he gave your uh, your scapegoat he gave Romalio fits yeah. <laughs> a lot the a lot of the afternoon. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that I I wish Romalio was not in the match for. We should have started Teza in. Mm in the center of defense, but I think, I think it was just hard with trying to figure out who we would slot in on the right-hand side. Um, because Romalio is usually a reliable option. And by reliable, I'm putting that in huge, huge quotations. Um, but against somebody as physical, as fast as probably he was, he was not up to the task. Yeah. He kind of stretched him out all over the place. And, uh, there were a number of times where even if Brody wasn't going for a chance himself, you know, he was able to just hold the ball up, play someone else in, knock it back down for them. And the physicality, just like you say, uh, it was a real struggle for for Romalio to keep up with. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go ahead and close out with a couple of things here. So uh, we're going to close out with how things you think are going to go for the rest of the year. And simultaneously, the matches we're looking forward to next week um, and ones we're not looking forward to. Yeah, well, shaping up for the end of the season. What do we root for? Um, PSV's uh, <laughs> winning run has already... Complete and utter demise for both of you. Well, you know, we can't root for a 100% season anymore. I think as soon as we did start to wish for that, is when they faltered for the first time. Um, well, now we're just hoping for an invincible season. Yeah, that could still happen. Uh, you know, there's not really going to be a title race. Fired. Yeah, unless PSV really starts on the stumbling block, it does not look likely. Yeah, 
Um, and and PSV are probably really solid in that second spot. Uh, but after that, you know, it's it's been it's been a little bit of a, a seesaw with the likes of Twenta and Azed. Um, Ajax yeah. are starting to claw back in there. I'd be really interested to see where Ajax could finish because a couple of months ago, you know, when they were bottom of the table, I, I thought they were always going to get off the bottom of the table. I never thought they were going to finish bottom. I don't think any of us thought <laughs> they were really going to finish down there. But the yeah. highest you may have thought they could go, like maybe would have been around fifth at best. Um, you know, and that's where they are right now, but they have Twente and Azed ahead of them. And, you know, Azed have faltered a bit recently. Um, Twente have been more solid, but, you know, do they have the longevity to, to really keep it going? So, yeah. I'd be really interested to see how that pans out. Um, <clears throat> a lot of room for teams to go up and down and in and out of those relegation spots as well. Um, so, definitely going to be keeping an eye out on that. Um, but I, I, I kind of want to root for Twente, you know, for in in for the rest of the season to kind of keep that spot. Although I'm supposed to root for Ajax, I just Twente don't have that big a budget. They've got a, youth, a lot of youth players in their side, um, and they've they've been one of the surprise packages for the season. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Uh, they've they've always looked decent. And they've looked like a sixth or fifth place side at best, but they're sitting at third right now, and they're comfortably six points above Alkmaar right now. So yeah, and they won that head to head last month as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. <clears throat> we're good value for for the win as well. I'm I'm not gonna you know impress upon Alex too much, but um, I mean there might be a reasonable enough chance if Feyenoord stumbles um, a lot more and Twente keeps up a decent amount of form that they could overtake Feyenoord for the second slot. Yeah, they definitely could. I don't think they will, but they, they definitely could. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Feyenoord really have to just, they have to find a way of, of regaining some of the early season form and just feeding, feeding Jimenez. As long as they have Santi Jimenez up front, they just need to constantly be getting the ball to him. I feel like we're wishing an injury into existence here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, probably, probably. Um, uh, yeah, also, that man run real ragged trying to one hold the entirety of an Atlas style Feyenoord on his back, and then also you know sprint after every ball, and you know as a as a number nine with the physicality and his nose with a little piece on it from probably being broken at one point in time. It's like, man. It's a lot, a lot of work, and then flying back and forth. He's looking, for, he's looking like Ryan Gosling in Taxi Driver, except not as pretty. <laughs> he has his own rugged prettiness. Is it, no, it's Drive, right? Not Taxi Driver. Taxi yeah, Driver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, what's his name? Not De Niro. Um, yeah, was De, Niro. It? De Niro. Was it De Niro? Yeah, it was De Niro. Yeah. I'm, I'm showing my complete because like, I'm, I'm fumbling together like Pacino and De Niro right now that ah. those, those two are kind of like interchangeable to me even though they're oh, very of course <laughs> the uh but yeah Santi like law of weight in his shoulders and then also going back and forth for international duty with Mexico as well yeah uh, flying all the way across the Atlantic it's just tough for and those, especially since he's for those also, games in the USA <laughs> and he's also supposed to hold up 
the Mexican national team too, because I think he's their best player. Oh, uh, definitely. I don't think there's anyone else that's really on his level that's as good. I mean, it's strange considering the Mexican national team not too long ago had multiple players at multiple like large clubs in Europe, and now mm-hmm. that's not really the case anymore. No, they've definitely they've slipped a lot from the the nineties and two thousands, and. I also have noticed that it's becoming more and more common for, for people that have the opportunity to play for Mexico or for the USA. There are more and more players picking the USA when maybe they would not have done so in the yeah, past. Yeah, Pe- Pepe was one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so not going to be easy for them, but old Santi Jimenez, he's going to lead by example, I'm sure. And uh, excited to see him involved in some international tournaments in the future. Yeah, I, I actually do hope that he makes the leap uh, to mm-hmm. a, a club like maybe Atleti, where I yeah. think he would prosper. Um, plus, I just like when Atletico, you know, beats up on Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun. They've done plenty. Uh, plenty of Quite literally games. beat them up at times, like just <laughs> fighting them. <laughs> do not love the racist aspect of it, though. And, no. Yeah, their fa- athletics fans are pretty. They can be volatile, and then they can also be just ridiculous, like terrible people. I've I've actually been I've been to their stadium, been been to their game a couple of the games new before. one. Yeah, um, but oh. I don't know what they were saying. You know, my Spanish isn't good enough. So if everyone around me was being, you know was being a baddie i was completely oblivious but great stadium and, and generally great great atmosphere yeah well from what i'm I've so seen cultured ben i'm so well, cultured. from what i've seen of the spanish people and uh, of your terminology baddie is a <laughs> gen z term yeah and, I... <laughs> and uh there are plenty of baddies in spain from what i've heard I don't want Alex is not even on this podcast tonight, so I don't want him to have to edit out the c word when I use that. So when I can't reach for that, I I, I can't think of another word. I'm like, what would I usually say? Oh, not on this show. Being the good Scotsman that you are, you <laughs> and the bad Scotsman that you are, that you're trying to repress your your yeah. innate urge to use a different word. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And for the rep, for the other three, I I'll go ahead and cover them briefly. But I think Peck is probably like my initial thought. I think they're going to stay middle of the pack. Um, they'll probably end up around tenth. But if they stay eighth, that's a huge win for them. Uh, Almir, I think, will also stay around fourteenth to tenth place. I think they're they're good enough to kind of settle into that area. They've had a good run of form the last couple of games. Um, now we're coming to Heracles. I mean, that's difficult for me because I've seen them only once. So, um, and that's when they were thrashed by PSV. Um, I think they, they will probably end up just above the relegation zone, maybe like 14th or 13th. But, I don't know if we're going to see them actually go above that station. Yeah, that that would be a success probably at this stage, given where they are. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, with the incoming matches, I mean, PSV's got Volendam next, so that's almost an automatic win. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I don't want to count out a team that's really, really struggling right now. So 
Uh, it might be another one where PSV just needs to kind of wake up a bit and work yeah. out some kinks with what they're doing right now. That's a good game to get back into form, get get some guys. Yeah. Get some guys rejuvenated playing a game. Uh, yeah. I would have said a good chance for someone like uh, <clears throat> Vertessen to get some minutes. but Yeah, don't make me sad about that one. But mm. I, I, I understand that he had to go. I just, yeah. I just think that between them, he was the younger player between him and Lozano. And I understand Lozano's in. I just preferred his style of play to Lozano's. Agreed. I never would have, honestly. And I'm not a manager, and I probably wouldn't be. I probably no. wouldn't have PSV in the position that Peter Bosch has them in. But I, I wouldn't even have signed Lozano if I had Vertesen in the squad. I think. Well, I think the problem is, too, is that when Noah Long was injured, they were like, well, we need coverage there. So that's what, I think that's why they signed him. Yeah, and and he had he's had a lot of impact. I mean, he he scored some crucial goals. He's had some great yeah. assists. Um, so that's fair I, enough. Unfortunately, against your Ajax as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was not fun afternoon. <clears throat> but Peck's got uh, Eagles next, and I mean that doesn't look like it's going to be too bad for them. But I mean, that's looking like that might actually be a loss. Yeah, so it's an odd one to to call in that way, but go ahead, Eagles. They've, along with probably Twenta, they've been the other surprise package of this season. You know, yeah, really, really solid, especially at home. Uh, especially at home. <clears throat> well, what about Heracles and uh, Ajax? Who they got coming up next? Uh, so Heracles have got uh, Vitesse this weekend, so. It's the bottom. Oh, that's right. The bottom side, and uh, luckily, listener, we had already discussed this on the podcast, and we were just repeating it for the second time. <laughs> yeah, well, I listed it off like their next few games. You know, it yeah. might not have been in that specific order, but they they have Vitesse next, so it is an absolute must-win game. Must, must, must-win game. Yeah. Um, so you have to you have to distinguish yourself against literally yeah. the, the bottom of the table. And honestly, they they they've played them. I think maybe they played them in December and lost two nil. Um, so, Heracles have not had. This is the strange thing. They've had some good wins this season, but they haven't been coming against the bottom place sides. So, yeah. if they want to distance themselves from the relegation pack, they need to beat those teams. So, uh, I'll say they can do it. Uh, it's it's more through hope than belief. <laughs> yeah. But. The thing I've said all season is they have plenty of firepower. They have plenty of attacking prowess and goal scorers, especially with Jess Hornkamp back now. Um, so I'd like to think they can pick up three points in that game. Um, and Ajax have, they are away to Heronvain, which is, yeah, a reasonable Eredivisie matchup. So I'll, I'll say Ajax should win that and continue their push. Um, up the table. Yeah. Well, we don't know who Feyenoord and Almir are playing next, but I think no. for both of us, we hope Feyenoord loses and we hope <laughs> Almir wins. Yeah. Here, here. And uh, we're just going to hope that's going to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what else I'm hoping for. Actually, thinking back a few games since I missed the podcast was I'm hoping to see more of the Azed 
away strip. I don't know if it's the away strip or the third kit. Oh, right. It's like a silver number. It was like fresh out of 2002 or something. Um, all silver. Real nice. Um, kind of a throwback. You know those old, I can just see like Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo and Figo and Roberto Carlos in a Nike advert. You know, those, those guys in the cage. This nice silvery number. Um, is it silver and like green? I can't remember what the other color is, but the predominant one is definitely silver. It just it has that that nice early two thousands look to it. Uh, one of their players as well was also wearing silver boots, which I thought was phenomenal because he basically looked like he was a music video directed by Hype Williams. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Oh man. Yeah, anyway, gonna, more I'm of gonna, that. More of that, please. Seriously, googling this now, trying to figure out which one is the correct. We should all get one. We're we're all gonna be as it fans now. I think this one's it. I think it's like a silver one with a black lining on the top. Yeah, but I don't know, black or green. I don't know. Well, M- much nicer not- than much nicer than looking at an NEC nine making. Oh my god. Red. Yeah, we don't have to revisit that for the umpteenth time. I think I think we've talked about NSA's jerseys at least four or five times on this podcast. And just I think it should be a feature every week. How bad is it? Very bad. <laughs> this is like those two guys that started a podcast where they watched grown ups too every single week for a year, I think. Or was it every single day? I can't remember. But they basically watched oh, I, I, I hope it was every week. <laughs> But every time that I listened to the podcast, they just looked more, de- sounded more defeated. And like, they're like listening to Chelsea fans. <laughs> it was awful. They were, they started making up games of like trying to just get through watching Grown Ups 2. Oh, man. I think it, I think it was legitimately every day for a year. It still, that still might be better than looking at or talking about the, the NEC kit. And then uh, the next, the other movie they did was Sex in the City too. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm out. Okay, yep. It, it's called the worst idea of all time, and it was every week, so not nearly as bad that's as still, every day. That's still that's still too much. Still that's too much. Still, oh, they're from New Zealand. Oh man, I kind of want to listen to this now. That sounds way it's, better than our podcast. It does. I mean, it's. It was such a funny podcast. Uh, they really start going off the rails in like week ten. <laughs> <laughs> like the first couple of watches, they're they're like, okay, yeah, this this is how it is, and then it, they really just start descending into madness. That's just... like this podcast when Alex isn't here to to coordinate us and corral us into. Yeah, his... he doesn't really rein us in that well. Uh, uh, he tries. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for staying through this 55 minutes to an hour listening to Ben and Neil ramble on about things. Hopefully you like this. If you do, please leave comments and likes on this podcast. Tell all your friends. Tell all the people that aren't your friends. And hopefully we'll get one new listener. But thank you again for listening. Neil, it's been a pleasure. Yep, absolutely. Absolute pleasure, Ben. And we'll see y'all next time.